and welcome to episode number 111 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners just like you use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. Now, our shows are brought to you by Traject Social, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to things like scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free by using the link in the show notes. How are you guys doing? I feel like we are in the midst of a pandemic (laughs) and uh the end is not in sight. I'm feeling feeling a bit heavy today because of that. But you know what? We are all in this together. And I think that as long as we support each other, lift each other up, I feel like we'll get through it. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds super woo. Um, I'm actually feeling good work-wise as well. Uh, two weeks into the mentorship program, and it's fantastic. The mentees are amazing. Such a smart group of people I've gathered here for the program. And y'all better watch out. They're going to do some big things in the world. And I'm excited for them. Uh, and then also in the Savvy Social School, we have our Facebook ad strategy uh, coaching session coming up later this um, week, depending on when you're listening to this. Uh, it'll be on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And my ad strategist is coming on to talk to us about Facebook ads, and you can pick her brain and ask her questions. I hired her in January of this year, and it's been a fantastic working relationship. All right. Well, in this episode, I'm chatting with Alma Bradford. And almost fantastic. I actually was connected to her, I think, through the Membership Guys Academy, like Member Site Academy. We both were starting our memberships at the same time and um, similar, similar topics. And I just loved her approach to it all. Anyways, so this was my opportunity to really pick her brain because she's built her business using Facebook groups, Facebook groups. And you guys know my opinion on Facebook groups. Go back to episode 103 to check that out. But Alma has a different opinion. And I love bringing other experiences and perspectives to the show because it just goes to show you that there are ways of doing things. So uh, for those of you who don't know Alma, she is a business strategist for female consultants in the B2B space. And she specializes in helping marketing consultants scale through social selling. And um, in this particular episode, we talk about Facebook groups and how she uh, really encourages engagement in her groups, how she learned to build a community and really emphasize the value of community, and how she uh, really started making money from her groups. And so we really dive into all of that in this episode. I'm sure you'll love it. So here we go with Alma Bradford. Hey, Alma, welcome to the show. Thanks, Andrea, for having me. 
I'm so excited to chit chat with you because we're in the same space. So I always love geeking out about social media with my fellow social media experts and agency owners and all of that stuff. But before we dive into that, I wanted to talk a little bit about your history because you started your agency 10 years ago as a single mom during the last recession. So tell us, give us like a little quick two minute backstory on how you got into this world. Yeah, so I guess my story is very relevant to what's happening now, being that we are in a recession, unfortunately. But yeah, I started my social media agency 10 years ago during the 2000, like 2009-ish period, uh, last recession. And really what, what had happened is I was working in corporate. My son was really young and I really just wanted to have more time with him. And I had been working. I was not fulfilled in my job at all. I wasn't passionate about it. And I actually come from the technology industry, from IT. So I was you know, working as a project manager, working on website development and software, mobile app development projects. So I kind of felt like, you know, being a woman in that industry, we are a minority. And I just, you know, there was, I've worked with such great, great guys, but there was a lot of sexism. <laughs> there was just not taking women seriously, that type of stuff, just weird microaggressions right at work. And sometimes, you know, inappropriate comments sometimes. And that combined with just not being passionate, not being able to fully be creative, and then not having the flexibility I wanted for my family, especially for my son, really just drove me to start thinking about starting my own business. So actually, before I started, I started the agency, I actually started like two other businesses. I tried to start those businesses. And I went through the process of getting a website and getting a domain name and a logo and realized that after doing that, I didn't even want that business. And it was like a waste of money and time. So this is the reason why I tell women who are trying to start a social media or digital marketing agency, don't worry about the website in the beginning. <laughs> Just you know, focus on what, what really matters, which is building your foundation um, and talking to potential clients. But long story short, I tried other businesses. I wasn't happy. So um, what happened was I had always had a passion for writing and storytelling. And so... Um, you know, I enjoyed writing in college, you know, I majored in communications and I, I love essay writing. So what happened at that time was that was when the recession hit and stuff got crazy. Okay. Um, I was out of work at, at a point and, you know, I actually had just ended my marriage at that, at that point. And I was going through a lot and I was like, okay, I'm home right now with my son. Um, what can I do? so that I can build something for myself and not have to go back to the corporate environment or nine to five job. And so I took that time and I thought about like, what skills do I have that I'm really, really good at that I enjoy doing? And the first thing I could think of was writing, like content writing, blog writing. So what one of the first services I offered uh, was content writing, SEO, blog, SEO was really big around that time. <laughs> you probably remember I mean, it still is, but it was like social media wasn't as big as it is now. And SEO, like everything was all about getting on you know, top of Google. So I, I saw an, a need for business owners who needed help with blog writing so that they can have um, website traffic. And that's all part of SEO. So 
I started offering that service and I actually started getting like some of my first clients on freelancer platforms like um, Upwork. Um, I know they have Fiverr now, but back in the days it was like, uh, it was Upwork and it was like, it was originally Elance. So <laughs> I started there and I started getting clients and these are like small jobs. I mean like $10 blog writing projects, which is like pennies. But I, I did it because I wanted to build my portfolio so that I, I would feel confident charging higher prices. So I started there. And then from there it grew. I got some, I started getting more clients, more clients. My portfolio grew. And then I got one of my first high paying clients through that platform. And that turned out to be a $2,000 per month client. So from there, I built my portfolio. I was getting referrals from that client. And then I started doing in-person networking. Um, and then just over the year, just building relationships with business owners and really niching my services because we, 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 over the years, we, speci we specialized a lot in the technology. So we'll work with like app companies, technology companies, also the legal industry. So we did a lot of uh, blog writing for legal companies, I mean, law firms and legal technology companies as well. So we specialize in niche at big part of high prices and just go from $10 blog posts to 2000 per month uh, retainers, monthly retainers. So that's how I got into that. Uh, but what I did recently, the past four years, I would say starting like 2016, was that I started offering consulting and coaching and really kind of adding these services in addition to the done for you. And also now I sell, um, you know, I have, I have digital products and I do, I have a group coaching program. So my business has, you know, morphed over the years but adding that on top of the done for you service has been really helpful and really fulfilling for me because i'll get to mentor other women so yeah so a big part of my pivot and being able to generate additional income in my business has been through starting my own facebook group so i want to talk about that with you today and that's why i'm on the show today yes. to really talk about that because i i started a facebook group i think it was like spring of 2017 and I've been able to monetize that group to multiple six figures. Okay, let's talk so, about that. Yeah. Because I think it's interesting that even from the beginning, your business strategy was built upon relationships. And that's a huge part of a Facebook group strategy. But before we dive into how you built your group, I have a, a personal question that I want to know selfishly, which is Facebook groups, if someone were to start building one today, would you recommend it or do you rather or would you recommend they go into other people's groups? So there's two strategies that I would recommend and it depends on, this is my, this is my philosophy and this is what I've, I've experienced and what I've seen in the industry of Facebook groups, because I'm, I'm a part of a lot of groups as well, is that it depends on the service that you offer, that you want to sell, like whatever, what, whatever your offer is, that would determine the strategy you should use. So there's two strategies. The first one is that you can go into other, you can join other Facebook groups as a member. And you can, especially if you are offering a done-for-you service, like your virtual assistant, social media manager, if you provide digital marketing services, you have an agency, whatever it is, accounting, even if you offer accounting, bookkeeping services, especially for small businesses. And even if you're a coach or a consultant, especially if you're a consultant, actually, that's actually a great way to get clients, is that you would join other Facebook groups and you would network in there and um, really build a relationship with the other members, the ones that are, are, that are your ideal clients. So what I recommend, if you want to find clients, the fastest way to get clients online, especially right now, is to go into other Facebook groups and get your clients there. So 
let me give you an example of how that will work. Let's say you are a social media manager or a freelance copywriter, right? And you want to get more clients. You want to you know, you want to increase your done-for-you service uh, packages and your revenue in that area. So you, what you would do is, this is what you really have to know who your ideal client is. So if you want to target, you know, Amazon FBA sellers or Amazon e-com, you know, e-commerce, or you want to target the real estate industry, you want to provide services for them, you can join a Facebook group for that specific niche and a very specific industry. So that's why you have to be clear about who you want to help, who is your ideal client. And that's what has helped me in my business. I'm very clear about who we provide done for you services for and who we don't. We turn people away. Um, I don't work with any, you know anyone. So that's why I'm very it's very easy for me to find clients. So when you're very clear, you can target your audience and get get into that specific community. Once you get into that Facebook group, oh, this is what is happening right now with Facebook groups is people are going to Facebook groups and looking to hire. So a lot of times they'll say, hey, you know, how do I create a website? Or do you know anyone who does graphic design? Or I'm looking to hire a virtual assistant. Any, of, any recommendations? And people are posting this in the Facebook group. People are just going in there and putting in posts. And so it's like you're, you're kind of searching for job opportunities almost, right? It's like you're responding to a request for a proposal. And, and um, obviously, it's not intended for that, but it is kind of the same thing. So there are, number one, I would tell you, go into Facebook groups and start searching, doing searches. And you can search in the, there's like right on the left-hand column, there's like a search feature that you can use in a group. And you can literally just put in the keywords that fit what you offer and see who's looking for that. So that's number one. And then there's also, you know, posting, responding, answering questions in, inside of a Facebook group. If someone has a question and you are helpful and you seem knowledgeable in the comment section, people are going to want to connect with you. They're going to want to friend you. And from there, you can build that relationship and you can get, you know, get a client that way. So that's what I recommend if you're offering a done for you service. Now let's talk about strategy number two, which I'm really excited to talk about. This is a strategy for those of you who provide a consulting package or coaching. If you're going to do coaching or consulting, and if you're going to sell a membership site, an online course, or group coaching, what you would do is you would start your own Facebook group and you would be the admin of that group. This, this method I've seen work really well for what I just mentioned, like coaching, consulting, um, online courses, group programs. I haven't seen this method work well for a done-for-you service. I don't know if you, do you have a Facebook group? I used to, yeah. Yeah, I started my Facebook group in 2017, and I closed it at, right before the beginning of 2020. Um, and it worked really well to bring people into my group, but um, I decided to kind of do a paid group instead with, the, with my membership site. And there was a bit of confusion with my members for like where they should be posting questions. So I ended up shutting down the free group, uh, but it is such a great way to bring people into the membership. So I'm curious to hear when you're when you're starting your group from the perspective of building that digital product or course or consulting program, what are some of the things you should consider as you're kind of opening up your group to those people? Yeah, so like basically it's really good for what, you know, for this type of offer. And like I said, I don't think it works good for done for you services if you're like a VA. 
I, I don't recommend this, this strategy, but like I said, you're going to offer what we just mentioned. So the way you would structure your group is you're going to use your Facebook group as a lead magnet. Okay. So you have to think about it in that perspective. Like you would offer a free download, a free template, a free training, free video, right? Your Facebook group is a lead magnet. So what I recommend is you don't need to have a large Facebook group. My Facebook group has over 11,000 members, but you can, you can actually monetize your group at 300 members or even 250. One of my clients, um, I meant she's one of my coaching clients and she had a group of 250 people. And within 60 days, she was able to make $11,000 wow. monetizing and using, using the strategies I'm going to share with you today. <laughs> so Pretty much with, with a Facebook group, what you're going to do is build this community and invite people, whether if you have people on your email list, you can invite them to your group. If you have people following you on Facebook, on Instagram, uh, you can invite those people to join your Facebook group. But you need to entice people to, jo to join, right? So there has to be something in that group that is worth joining because there are hundreds and thousands of Facebook groups and a lot of people are, are members of like 20, 100 at a time, unfortunately, and people, and so this is kind of getting more popular, but what was going to set your group apart from everyone else is that you have a very specific goal of that group and you need to clearly communicate what the goal of the group is. And the more niche your group is, the more engaged it will be. Can you give us an example of, of like how specific we, we should get with that? Yeah. So if you have an online course or membership site for real estate agents, then you need to be clear cut. This group is for real estate agents. <laughs> That's one example, right? Um, if you uh, like, it's just based on your ideal client. So if you're going to start, let's say you want to sell a course on social media, you need to be clear about what type of social media course is it? It's like, is it going to be like how to find clients on Instagram? right? That's specific because mm -hmm. people are going to go to that group and talk about Instagram. They're not going to talk about random things about their business. So you want to, you want to be really clear in the description of your group. And even in the image, uh, there's like, you can create a Facebook group cover image. Be clear. This group is for X, Y, Z. If you have a group for female entrepreneurs, be really specific. What are you going to talk about? You know, where this group is for female entrepreneurs um, and we help you get organized and manage your, your children while you run your business. Like it needs to be really clear. So that's another example, right? So mistake of just, just a, a group for moms, millennial moms. That's it. That's the group. It needs to be really specific. Millennial moms who want to lose weight or something like that. So be clear because when you're clear, the discussion topics are going to be laser focused and people are going to, they're going to feel connected with each other because there's a common bond. And that's how you build engagement. That's the first uh, level of engagement. That's one way to you know, build engagement. So the second way to build engagement is that you want to create conversations in the group. So a lot of people think, oh, if I start a Facebook group, I have to put all this content in the group. And so I don't want to do it. I've actually had people tell me that. Say, I don't want to do this. I, what am I going to post, right? And you don't have to post in a Facebook group. The, the purpose of the group is to create conversations amongst the community members, not you posting. You know, now, there are some Facebook groups where the admin is the one posting and that's it. It's like a one-way conversation. But if you're going to do it that way, um, you would try to create a discussion in the comment section. 
Okay. So one of the questions we often get is about that discussion. So sometimes, um, you know, listeners of this podcast or people who are members of the Savvy Social School will create their Facebook groups and then it's crickets. There's nobody talking. They're just talking to themselves, basically. What are some of your suggestions for like jumpstarting those conversations? Yeah. So ask questions like if you, let's say you have a group for millennial moms who have a business or something. <laughs> okay. So you're going to help them talk. No, okay. You're going to post questions like, you know, what are some of your struggles? How do you, how do you do X, Y, Z? Or what do you find is helping you with X, Y, Z? Or what is your favorite tool for time management? Or what is your, like in my group, we talk a lot about, um, it's a group for female digital marketers. So we'll, you know, I might post in there and say, hey, what do you prefer, Trello or Asana, <laughs> right? And then people are going to the comments and say, I like Trello. No, I like, I like Asana or I like ClickUp or whatever tool they use. And they'll explain why. And then that can spark more discussion. So that's an example. And it could be anything. It, it could be, you know, just ask some questions. And then also test out what types of prompts, you can call them prompts, what type of prompts actually build the most engagement. So you could kind of play around with different topics and then you'll start to see what people respond to the most. And then you can just continue asking those types of questions mm -hmm. and you can rotate it. Okay. So let's say you've started a group and you're posting these questions and you're still getting crickets. What are some troubleshooting questions we can ask ourselves about whether the group is working for us, working for our target audience? How do we know if it's really the right path for us? Well, I'm going to tell you that you probably need about 200 people for the group to be engaged. That's okay. number one. So what I tell people to do is you should launch your group like an event so that people know that you know, what the purpose of your group is. So what you could do, this is a strategy you can use. You can invite a whole bunch of people to your group and not let them in the group until you hit 200 people. So the Facebook groups have this feature where you have to approve members and you can ask questions and they have to answer those questions and they won't, they won't get added to the group until you approve them. So what you could do is keep that queue and fill the queue up until you hit 200 members and then do one big approval and do some type of challenge. Maybe do like a three-day challenge and, or a three-day video series and have people interact with you. So that's a great way to launch the group and create engagement from day one. Oh, I love that. I love that idea. And, and the minimum number, I think, is a huge kind of detriment to some people where they start a group and they have 10 people for like two years. And then that's usually the problem why they're not seeing a lot of engagement. So I love that kind of 200 number. What tips can you give for managing and moderating a group? So sometimes people come into the group and they're like a bad apple, a bad seed. How do you approach those situations? So in the beginning, I used to allow anybody to post, um, post whatever they, you know, not whatever they wanted, but anyone could post. Now what I do is all posts have to get approved. So I don't have to have my, my VA manage that, which saves money on her hours, right? She could focus on more sales related tasks. So that's number one. So that pe you have to approve all the posts. So and I find that I found that over the years I've seen I see people sometimes feel like, oh, my group is just so overwhelming and I have to manage all these people. And there's people that are spammers because you're going to get you're going to attract spammers. There's people that go to groups and spam. So I, what I do is I just have a pr approval 
for all posts. So we look at all the posts and if it's like crazy, you know, and then, you know, you're going to have some times where people are not doing what they're supposed to do or not following the rules. This is why you have to post your rules really, really clearly. And there's a section that way where you can actually share that. And to be really clear, you can also share that as a pinned post at the top of the group so that people always see it and remind people of the rules. If you see that it's, it's being violated, you can remind people in the group. But if they don't obey those rules, you know, you, ha you, have, the right, you have the right to remove people. And then the other thing is Facebook has a feature where if someone posts something or a comment in a way that you feel are going against the rules of your group, you can actually remove the comment with notes from yourself explaining why. <laughs> so it's like really automated. So you don't have to DM someone one-on-one. -on -one. You could just like do it with when you go and delete it. And then you can actually set what rules are broken and just check it off. And they'll get a message saying, you, viol you violated this rule. This, it could be maybe no promotions or no whatever it is, no spam. And so you can actually check it off and then they'll automatically get notified. I love that. And I think that's one of the biggest kind of questions for folks who do have big communities. How do I moderate? And it's good that Facebook is kind of adding in some of these features as well to help with that process. So if someone were to start a Facebook group today, what's one piece of advice you can leave them with? Well, I would say you just want to be really clear about the purpose of your group and your niche and your ideal client. Because if you are an entrepreneur, you're busy and you have to think about your Facebook group as it is a business, it's part of your business, and you have to treat it like that. So you don't want to go in there and overshare. Like if you're a consultant or a coach, you don't want to just be giving out free content, free content, free content. Everything has to be very strategic. And actually, one thing I forgot to mention is Facebook is a really good place to do webinars. So you could do a webinar right in your group and sell your coaching program or your membership site um, or your consulting done you know your consulting package i was gonna say done for you but that wouldn't apply here but your consulting package you can do a webinar to sell that and i find that when i do videos and webinars i get a lot of engagement so i recommend really using your group as a way to connect directly with your ideal client and you know interact with them through video and show up be visible in your groups so they know you're the admin you're the queen of your group. Okay. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think sometimes that can be a challenge too with some of the bigger groups is to know who, who's in charge here. So I like that. Okay. And then you have a freebie for Facebook groups that we'll put the link in the show notes and in the description of this video. But can you tell us a little bit about the, the freebie? Yeah, this freebie is going to show you how to find clients in Facebook groups by if you're a done-for-you service provider whether you're a virtual assistant, a freelancer, a digital marketer, OBM, any B2B service provider, I have a special guide that shows you how to use Facebook groups to get clients and also how to start and how to start and when to start your own Facebook group because it really just depends on your goals and what you're trying to do in your business. So that guide will walk you through the step-by-step -step process I've used to monetize my group to multiple six figures. Awesome. Thank you. And yes, that will be in the show notes. Definitely check that out, you guys. Alma, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you. 
Ah, wasn't that interview awesome? Alma is just a wealth of knowledge. So make sure you're connected with her on social media and grab her freebie about Facebook groups. The link is going to be in the show notes for you. Next up next week, I'm going to be talking about Instagram and a question I get often, which is, should you have one Instagram account or two? Should you have your brand all together or separate it? So we're going to dive into um, the uh, strategy behind having one or two accounts. And it's going to be a little bit different than you think. So tune in next week for that. And hey, if you love the show, make sure you subscribe, rate and review. That's how we get more amazing listeners like you. We have pretty regularly maintained our top spot in the top 100 marketing podcast. And that's all because of you, fellow listeners. So thank you. I appreciate you and your attention. Anyways, I'll see you guys next week. That's all for today. Bye for now.